Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Hyde. So Andrew is a co-founder of Aesthetic Athletics, which is easy to say. He's a strength and conditioning coach at Manchester Player Development and he's a research finder and content manager at Science of Sport. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. Their technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Andrew onto the show. So Andrew Hyde, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast, mate. It's great to have you here. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to, um, I'm excited to talk and uh, get some ideas flowing. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So can you give us a quick update of who you are, what you're doing and uh, what you're here to discuss today? Yeah, of course. So I'll start off by saying I'm um, 23. Um, I think that's relevant just because we are talking about setting up a S&C business whilst at university. Um, I'm from Manchester in England. I like to say that because everyone from Manchester, if you don't know, loves to shout about being from Manchester. Um, and we're a huge, we're a huge sporting city, you know, like football, Man United, Man City, boxing, Tyson Fiore. Um, I did a bachelor's in um, sport and exercise science at Lee's Beckett. And then uh, I also did a master's degree in strength and conditioning at Lee's Beckett as well. And in the second year of my undergraduate, I set up my own partnership business called Aesthetic Athletes. And then during my master's, I was a intern sports scientist and strength and conditioning coach at Leeds United Football Club. So I was with the female regional talent club, which is like um, a kind of youth development pathway. And um, since completing my master's, Aesthetic Athletes have part- partnered up with a football academy called Manchester Player Development, where we currently lead the sports science and SNC support for them. And uh, I've actually taken on two roles here at Science for Sport, and I'm also just starting a new SNC role at the NHS. Um, so, yeah, pr- pretty busy at the minute. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a busy man. And ju- just to clarify for anyone who uh, needs a translator, there the, are the words uh, city and academy, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. Um, mate, fantastic. So you've got a, a big background of different experiences and you're working with science and sport at the moment, which is a, a big bonus for us as well, of course. Um, but what we're here to discuss is how you set up a business whilst you were in your undergraduate, right? So um, wh- how did you go about doing that? Why was that important? Um, so when I was in my second year at uni, you know, kind of, you just get into grips with sports science and strength and conditioning, what those things are and kind of the underpinning, the, the, the kind of underpinning knowledge around those. You don't really kind of think about life after university. Um, that's something I was already starting to look at and I quickly realized that the opportunities were scarce and you're probably going to have to make your own to move forward in the industry. Um, and even if there were opportunities presented to you, you know, the pay was low. Um, and when I was younger, I weren't really taught anything about finances growing up. It was something I had to learn about myself from mistakes. And the pay in SNC, you know, it certainly weren't going to help me break any bad financial habits I had. But SNC was what I loved and it's what I'm good at. And I wanted to figure out a way that I could do what I love and get paid what I think I deserve to get paid for it. And um, 
I also think that time is one of our most valuable assets. And I have a very specific vision for every single project I work on. So to be able to um, be in charge of my career a little bit more and give me freedom with both of those things was kind of a big selling point for me. And back in 2017, I don't think side hustles or that kind of having your own business was as common in the UK. And that was kind of something I wanted to change the, um, the stigma around. Um, and when you're in university, I think you do have quite a flexible timetable. So you can do a lot in the evenings and weekends. Um, so I think it's actually a good time to set one up. And that was kind of the reasons that um, motivated me and kind of spurred me to, to get going with it. I think that's a, that's a really good point, right? So from that, how did you get started? Like, what was the first step where you're like, okay, I've identified this need. What did you do to get clients to set up the business from zero? So I think one thing I will start off with is that I still did do that. I did go out and drink and piss about my mates and do whatever. You don't have to do one or and people that kind of glorify how um, sacrificing all your nights. I think it's um, I think I think that's a little bit blurred because you can do both. But anyway, my um, my business partner Dante, that's I'm in partnership with. Um, I originally knew him from back in Manchester. We used to play football against each other, and um, I didn't really know what I wanted to set up. I was just kind of posting S and C content and toying around with things on social media. And he reached out to me, just kind of saying he liked what I was doing and um, he wanted to set something up. So that was kind of what spurred me to actually set something up properly. Now he actually leads like health programs in um, a large chain gym and he does a lot of business operations for them. Um, and he's currently completing a degree, but he actually works in a solicitors to start off with. And he had a really good business mind, which I didn't. That's what I liked about him. He brought some, he brought something to the table, which I didn't. Um, so he pretty much decided he was going to be the business brains, whereas I was going to be more the brains of the operation. And we decided we wanted to coach both athletes from football, obviously because that's kind of the biggest sport in Manchester, um, and also the general public who kind of into what wanted to look and feel better. And it opened up um, our target audience a little bit. And that's kind of what built an aim aesthetic athletes. You've got kind of the aesthetic side of things with general public and the athletic side of things with the athletes. And it was alliteration, so we thought it sounded cool. Um, but he, but he, he professionalized the whole thing, like getting our logo designed, registering like the partnership, getting us trademarks, sorting out uniforms and company values, um, which makes a difference kind of inside the business when you start because it shows on the outside with how you do things. Um, and I, I just didn't have the mind for that kind of stuff. Like I remember trying to edit a picture myself into the background of the gym to make a goddamn logo and paint. You know, when you're like trying to cut a silhouette out and it looked like I'd done it with a knife and a fork. It was just, it was just, it was just an absolute mess. I did, <laughs> I did, I did not have the brains for that kind of stuff. I just wanted to coach. In the meantime, he was paying someone to do all this properly. Um, so it's good that he had an appreciation and still does for the business side of things. Um, anyway, we started off running a private facility. Um, there was another coach who owned that facility and coached athletes in there. Um, but if you can do to start off with, which is what we did, we just rented it per hour around him, which um, was a bonus for him because he was getting extra money by someone else being in there and we could operate as our own business, um, especially when we were doing it part-time, but the old heads were so low. Um, so even in a time like now where businesses are having to pay rent for a whole facility, um, there's minimal overhead for us and it kind of it let us build up a small client base so we could walk before we wanted to run. Um, and I wouldn't say we was exactly ready to set up what we did. We just did it. But I'm happy we did because we refined our tools all the time rather than waiting for the perfect bag of tools. And sometimes you just need to take action. And when we started off, we made silly mistakes. 
But I remember after our first year, we completely forgot to do our website renewal and we just sat there and watched the whole thing crash. <laughs> now, <laughs> mistakes like that, no matter what they are, um, are much better made on early, you know, because it can be a big mistake with small consequences. Whereas um, if you do it when you've got a lot riding on things, like if we had an online coaching network set up, and it crashed and people were on it, and that's big consequences. So if you do start early and you make big mistakes early on, the consequences that can be smaller, so I think that's useful. Absolutely, mate, absolutely. And one thing that I want to pick on really quickly is like, you, so you mentioned you've gone into to another gym and uh, the overheads are low, which is great. How did you have clients? So I think that's probably the, one of the biggest thing for people trying to start out. Like, where do you get people to train? Do you mean, as in, like, um, how do we get clients into that gym? Yeah, how, how did you find them? Just how, how do you get, when you, when you have nothing but a, a logo on a, a website, how do you find a client to train? Well, social media, there's, an, there's an unlimited reach on there. Like, everybody knows this. So as soon as you set up an Instagram, um, whether you've got a facility or not, that can kind of be your HQ. And when you start posting content, people see it. And not only that, you'd know people anyway. We know we knew people through playing sport together. I knew people at university. We know people in the area. Um, so I think a good way to start out is word of mouth and social media. Word of mouth is underrated, especially if you've got a good product. If you've got a good product, it sells itself. Um, so I think if you start out that way, let the good product sell itself and kind of let word of mouth um, spread spread that you're around and start advertising on social media as well. Um, you can get your first couple of clients in and all it takes is one or two to um, experience a good product and then go and tell someone else and then it can kind of just spread like wildfire. Mate, that's, that's fantastic as well. I think that's, that's really interesting advice. Um, so did you start off like offering that for free or did you say, look, just, uh, just give us a little bit of cash? How did you, how did you entice the first couple of clients in? So we would initially, um, do a free session. We kind of, we kind of took the L, kind of took a loss with like giving one session for free to let them experience the product. And then once they experience it, you know, and you're confident in your, in your product and you show them the vision you have in your head and how enthusiastic you are, they're the same. If you go and sell a product unenthusiastically or uh, you coach someone unconvincingly, they're going to be unconvinced. But if you've got a good product and they experience it once, then sometimes that's all it takes. I think that's uh, fantastic advice, mate. Excellent. This podcast is also brought to you by Gymwear. Gymwear have Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the world of velocity-based training and is developed by the team at Gymwear. Flex is the only laser-based system available and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable and specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training lock. Flex captures all all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a velocity-based training device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift, and the data is automatically stored for review. 
Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com forward slash VBT future. So what, what were the biggest challenges that you faced when you were setting that up? Because it seems like you've, you've come a long way, but that's not without pitfalls, right? Definitely. I think, I think the first one, and this is where you absolutely need to start, is defining a clear aim, purpose and philosophy for your business. Like we said that we wanted to coach athletes from football and the general public. And a week later, we set up a YouTube channel of us training because we don't have a clear purpose. Like, why, like, why do we do that? It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. Um, I don't think a lot of coaches need to di- know the difference between an aim or a purpose either. So, like, your aim is what you intend to achieve and your purpose is your reasons for doing that. So, if these two things are clearly defined and they should be from the offset, then, um, you're going to find yourself going in one specific direction. Whereas if they're not, you're probably going to find yourself trying random project after random project and you just end up taking a U-turn back to the same place. So you've, you've come a long way and you've done a lot of different stuff. Um, what's in the future? What, what's your ventures led to? What, what are you going to do now? Well, I actually have two more, two more challenges for you if you wanted to hear them. Oh, mate. Yeah. Crack on. <laughs> um, so, so I'd say I'd say how we viewed our own work and what we were doing in terms of our product and content so we knew that we had a good product but you can't assume that people know what you can offer them you have to show them what's inside your head and market yourself and it can be difficult so um, like wh- whatever your product is whatever it is you produce or whatever content you produce when it's your own business it's your baby like you care about it so much and you're so proud that you produce that it's like having a kid like every parent is so proud of their own kid no matter what like um, a parent that's got a kid that's you know playing football and the rubbish at it, they don't care. They're, they're proud, and it can be the same in business. And if you truly want to hit your ceiling, you've got to view your kid or your business as someone else's to understand what it looks like to other people, not yourself. And I think that's something we had a challenge with in terms of producing content, um, especially on social media, because we we were just proud of it because we did it. But you have to view it as someone else. And I think as well, lastly was. Me and Dante appreciating each other's skills and interests. You know, the two of us were essential to the business and the reasons for that are threefold. Like half the workload. We've got different skill sets and everybody likes a duo, you know, Anne and Deck, Batman and Robin. You know, <laughs> if we were talking sport, if we were talking sport, Shaq and, Shaq and Colbert um, brings a bit of personality to the business. And I remember when we were discussing budgeting, this was a couple of months back, and I was hell bent on getting a VBT device. You know, I wanted better coaching, I wanted more data, and I wanted less guesswork. And Dante was on board. But then when he proposed some analytics software to monitor clients, I turned my nose up because I didn't think it was needed. But for him, that was better data and less guesswork as well. That's his form of VBT. And it's, that's the same thing in different areas of business. And we both needed to be appreciative of that. Um, like our different strengths really match up well, but there's a fine line. And if you don't consider the other persons, then um, it can end up in conflict. Mate, uh, I think the, the most important thing to take from that is that you went with Ant and Deck first. Like <laughs> everybody loves Ant and Deck. We've got like I'm a celeb. We've got we've got X Factor. They win the awards every single year. They, they, they beat Demo Lira every single year. So <laughs> for, for anyone who's not from the UK, this is complete nonsense, but brilliant. <laughs> Um, anyway, like what, moving moving on to the next question, what is uh, you, you've done loads of different stuff, um, and you've got loads of, loads of different experiences. But what's that led you to now? What what are the next steps for you? So, 
working at Cypher Sport is ideal because it's remote. I can do it when and where I need to. So that kind of allows for flexibility around um, aesthetic athletes. And my role in NHS, when it does start, um, that's only going to be twice a week. So it, it gives me my kind of evenings and weekends to focus on the business. We're still in the same gym. And we've got youth football athletes in there at the minute. And we've got some general public clients, which is going really well, uh, considering our, our other commitments. So we're happy with how that is. We're keeping that how it is for now, um, just because of the low overheads as well. Um, but in 2019, in March, we was approached by um, the Manchester Play Development Football Academy to set up and lead their field-based SNC for them. And it was an interesting experience to partner up with them because um, – Usually an academy like that would have internal SNC provided. So it's shown us that there's other way of doing things. And usually like in your own business, you tell people you're right instead of being told what you're going to be paid. And in SNC, that's a big difference. Like you never tell a plumber what you're going to pay them, especially like when you're not paying them to hit the pipe, you're paying them because they know where to hit it. And like when we're talking about SNC coaches and that's the case, you know, we deserve respectable pay. So to be able to, um, Tell someone we're going to pay them, especially like in an academy, was in a big thing for us. Um, and I think we started to nail our niche down as well since we started with the academy. Like I was really able to channel the skills that I find at, at Leeds United with this academy, and people have really taken well to what we've been doing and liking how we've been doing things with them. And then because of this, um, and because we've kind of nailed our niche down, we've actually just hired a videographer and filmed kind of half of our exercise database. So about about 200 exercises out of about 400, and that's still kind of growing daily. Um, so we're going to make an online database with that where kind of coaches, athletes, or the general public can sign up and um, get fresh ideas. And um, we're set to film our field-based drills for those as well. But um, the reason we did kind of gym-based ones first is because we're going to use it twofold. It's going to be for online coaching clients as well. Um, but it'll give, it'll give coaches a lot of kind of fresh, pragmatic ideas too. Um so we're excited to get that going. Um, that's going to be another form of kind of income for us. So that's kind of where we are right now. You know, from here, we're just going to kind of look to bust at the seams with the one-to-one coaching with the academy um, and with the online coaching and the database. And then hopefully and eventually kind of accomplish our long-term goal to open up our own place where we can really kind of refine all these services and just continue to level up, basically. Fantastic, mate. I think that's a, that's a really nice end dream as well, right? Like having your own gym, getting your own athletes in there. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent angle. Yes, sir, mate. Um, we've uh, we've hit our time limit. Otherwise, I'm going to get told off uh, for going on too long. So, um, <laughs> can you give us a quick thirty second summary of uh, of what we discussed today? Yeah. So I'll just kind of I'll put it in some bullet points, quick fire that I hope people can kind of take forward with them. So um, first one is start now, and then improve your tools all the time. Second one is. Um, Team up if you can, half the workload, and bring identity to what you do. Um, make sure your skill set complement and don't clash. Have a clear purpose, aim, and philosophy. You should preach these, and if anyone asks you what they are, you should have a clear, genuine, enthusiastic answer. Um, make sure everything you do is integral to your purpose before you go and mark, market that or release it anywhere. Ask yourself, is this integral to who we are? Number six, view your work as someone else's child, not your own. And then finally, make big mistakes with small consequences earlier rather than big mistakes with big consequences later on. Fantastic, mate. That's absolutely brilliant. So, uh, Andrew, I thank you very much for being on the Science Support podcast today. And uh, I really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone does who's listening as well. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I've enjoyed being on, enjoyed talking about it and deck and um, what we're doing moving forward. Fantastic, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you soon. Cheers. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Andrew for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really enjoyed it and I hope you did it at home too. So Andrew mentioned today how he used the network to build his business. And with that in mind, I want to point you in the direction of our ultimate strength and conditioning networking guide. That was free to download in the show notes. So all you have to do in just a few seconds is click on that one and find out how you can network your way to success. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Andrew for all of his hard work in today's podcast. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next time.